Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Glory Room. I'm Prop Lou. Let's get started with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for bringing us through another week, Father God. Thank you for helping us uh, conquer things that we need to work on, Father God. Help us to understand your word today, Father God. Father God, whether we're reading our are reading our word, are reading this devotional, Father God, we ask you right now to help us to convey what you're trying to say to us, Father God. Help us be hearers and doers of your word, Father God. Bless our life, Father God, with your more of your grace and mercy, Father God. Help us to stay focused and grounded in you, Father God. Help us not be swayed by the things of this world, but be focused on you and you alone, Father God. Father God, we just thank you. We ask you to bless the hearers of your word and the readers of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let's get started. So like every Sunday, we have a new memory verse, which is Romans 5. And eight. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 and 8. Verse of the day is Deuteronomy 18, 13. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. Topic, blameless in a corrupt world. Affirmations. I'm going to say it and pause behind each one to give you opportunity to say it if you like. I'm living a blameless life. I'm listening to God. I'm a child of God. I am blessed. How to live a blameless life. I remember reading blameless in the same sentence as Job. Job 1.1. In the land of Oz, there lived a man named Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He was blameless and upright man. And I asked the Holy Spirit to show me what that looks like. What is a blameless person or a blameless lifestyle? Webster says blameless means free from guilt or blame. I wonder if that's achievable today. There's so much in the world that can corrupt and corrupt us and change us. And I'm just curious, can someone walk in today's society and be just that blameless? The first step into a blameless life is trusting God, trusting God through everything. And a lot of times we, we forget to trust him and we forget to consult him. We, so we become led away or we get tricked by the enemy or people because we go by our own knowledge. And we don't fully lean on God because we have gone so long trusting our ways and knowledge. The Bible speaks on this. It says, do not lean on your own understanding. Joshua 9, 22, then Joshua summoned the Gibeonites and said, why did you deceive us by saying we live a, live a long way from you while actually you live near us? Joshua was tricked by the Gibeonites. Why? Because it says in verse 14, the Israelites sampled their provision, but did not inquire of the Lord. Some would say they did trust God, but they just didn't consult him. If they trusted God's opinion, they wouldn't ask him, and they didn't. Sometimes we are so busy trying to answer or do things, we forget we need to trust and lean on the word, words of God. The second step to having a blameless life is reading the word of God. Every day we must read the word of God. We can't pick and choose when we do this. But to walk blamelessly, we must know we can't do this. And the only way is to read our word and meditate on it. It tells us in Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing. Hearing comes from the word of Christ. We must read it and hear it and grow our faith to have faith in God to walk with us. We can't walk blameless in our own knowledge because we don't know how, because our flesh will always fight us on this. Our sinful nature will always want something different. Second Corinthians 6, 17, therefore come out from them and separate, says the Lord, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. This brings us to our third step. We must come out from among anyone, anything that isn't of God. People and things that aren't of God would try to deviate you from God. That's why the two that are unequal yoke cannot be. 
there's no way we can be because the two two of you will always have a different idea what the other should be doing. So living a blameless life means taking ourselves away from among people that are not connected to God and away from things that will cause us to walk differently than what God is calling us to do. In some seasons, you will find yourself alone and you will find yourself wondering why why? Because God placed you right there to mold you. He can't mold you if you're hanging on every word of someone else. So as we walk in a lonely season, connect with God and he will direct you to another, the next to another to another level. But we but he can't take you there if you're focused on making friends and occupying your time with useless things. Last but not least, our fourth step is living in the will of God. Some might find this hard because what God's will is for us may be totally different than what we want to do. Sometimes God's will doesn't make sense and we are confused, but it don't make sense to us. But we are confused, but we must trust the process in whatever he asks of us. We must trust the process of moving through life confidently, knowing he will take care of every need we have. Joshua 6 and 38, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. See, even Jesus said, I don't do what I want. I'm doing God's will. He have, We have to understand that the will of God has has pointed out and planned for us is so much better than what we could ever imagine. Why? Because he sees ahead of everything. He sees what we will face. And we have to trust that what he sees and what he know what he knows will help us to be at peace. And that we would he would never lead us down a path of harm, but of peace. So to live a blameless life, we must one, must trust God. Two, read the word of God. Three, be separated for living in his will. These four steps are just half of what we must do. No, it's not an algorithm, but this is steps that the Holy Spirit has revealed to me to live a blameless life. Today, life comes with so many ups and downs, and our emotions are everywhere. We are more tired as we get older, but as we walk in the life, light of God, we must be able to do what God is asking us to do. What is he asking of you? What is God saying to you? I've seen this, friends, with my own eyes. People that hear the voice of God and ignore him. I can't ignore him. We shouldn't. Ask God today to help you live a blameless life and to walk in whatever season you're in with him. But whatever season you're in, you can't do it alone. You must walk with him prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for everything. We thank you for grace and mercy. Lord, help us to live a blameless life with you. Help us to step back from the things of the flesh and seek you. Father, whatever season we are in now, we ask you to show us why we are there and how to do it with being grounded in you. Lord, every day we give you give us opportunity to get it right, and we are grateful. We are so very thankful in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So the verse, to, the topic today is blameless in a corrupt world. Blameless in a corrupt world. Okay, I'm going to give everybody a few seconds to get their Bibles if you need it. Okay, so we're in a world that tells us that we can do whatever we want. That if you can pay for it, you can do it. If you can dream it, you can get it. And most people have this thing now where they manifest things. They, they say, oh, if I can manifest it, it's mine. And we have so much corruption. We have people that are more coming out of being, I'm a witch, I'm a sorcerer. And, you know, they, they come out as these things or they say, oh, I'm a devil worshiper. I'm an atheist. Most people used to hide stuff like that. 
But now because the world have made it where everything looks so cool to beat these things, people are coming out. But are Christians coming out? Are Christians coming out as being bold, strong, and different? You don't see that a lot. You see Christians compromising. You see Christians doing what the world do. But how do we be blameless in a corrupt world? How do we stay focused when when everyone else is not focused? How do we stay on guard when everybody's doing what they want? See, the problem is, is that we don't stay grounded in our word enough. We don't stay focused and close to God enough. What happens is we tend to get relaxed along with everyone else. We tend to say, oh, everyone else is doing it. I have a nephew that... Um, he has an older sister. So when she um, gets like a piece of candy or a gum, instead of him going to his mom and he says, mom, I want a piece of gum. What he says is, well, Livy got a piece of gum. I want a piece of gum because Livy has a piece of gum. And this is why I have this piece of gum. Exactly like that. And that's how we are with our spiritual life. And that's how we are with our life. We say, oh, this person is doing it, so I should be able to do it. Or this person said this, so I should be able to say it. Or this person compromised and they're doing fine, so I should be able to do it. That's not how the world works. That's not how our Christian life should work. We should be focused on what is the mind of Christ? What is Christ saying about me? What is Christ allowing me to do? What do Christ want me to do? What is Christ asking of me? These are the things that should go through our head when we process different things, when we make decisions about certain things. The first thing we should do when we wake up in the morning is pray, read our Bible. These should be the starters of our day. Most people are like, oh, I have to start my day with a cup of coffee. No, I have to start my day with the word of God. I have to start my day under the presence of the Lord. That's what we should be saying as Christian men and women. Now, I have to admit, I have to have a cup of tea or some coffee when I start my day sometime. But as I'm making the tea, as I'm making the coffee, or as I'm, as I'm uh, doing whatever I need to do to start my day, which is getting prepared to come in my closet, I'm praying. If, if I'm fixing a cup of coffee or I'm getting like something to drink or some water, I'm praying under my breath, God, I'm going to head into the prayer closet. Give me a minute. Uh, give me just a second. And I'm, I'm coming in the prayer closet. I'm bringing my cup of coffee. I'm bringing my tea with me in the, in the prayer closet. I'm bringing my bottle of water in the prayer closet. We must be prepared every day to spend time with God, not fixing coffee and then going do what we want to do and then serve God. Because once we start our day, everyone can admit, once we start our day, it's over with. And we're not coming back to this prayer closet unless we just really need something. But our mind should be on the state of when I wake up, I make me a cup of coffee, I'm coming to the prayer room. I'm making me a cup of tea and I'm coming to the prayer room or the war room. That should be our mindset. Or I'm taking a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. I'm reading my Bible. We, we have to start getting in that mindset that we stay on guard because this world is off guard. This world is doing what it wants. This world is copying each other. There's nothing but clones in this world. And they follow each other down one path, which is hell. Because they know whatever they want to do, they're going to do it. They're not looking at that it's an afterlife that's going to happen. They're not looking at, do I need to build a relationship with God? But we as Christians and believers of God, we need to be looking at that. What can I do to make my relationship stronger? What can I do to fix this? What, what can I do? The first step is going to our prayer closet. Asking God, whatever that I need to do, which is putting it in your hands, help me, show me what to change. Because a lot of times when he shows us something, we're like, oh, no, that's not me. <laughs> you got the wrong one. That's not me. 
I have a twin, so I'm always I always say, "Oh, you you, you got the wrong one. You, you you got my sister." I'm just joking, but no. When he shows me what I need to correct, I immediately say, "You help me with this, because this is something I'm working on, and I I can't do it." We can't do anything. We can't change anything. But when we put this step forward, he will be there to help us. He will be there to guide us. But in this blame, in this world, trying to be blameless, it's going to be tough. Because you have everyone telling you what you should be doing. You have everyone showing you how they think you should live your life. People are going to say, oh, you don't need to spend that long in the prayer closet. You don't need to spend that long reading the Bible. Or do you have to read the word every day? Yes. Yes. I do have to read the word. Yes, I do have to pray. We have to learn that. We have to start taking it serious our relationship with Christ. Like um, the other day, I... um wanted to download this game on my PlayStation 5. So um, I immediately came in, started to download. I started doing whatever I needed to do, took a shower, worship, prayed, whatever. You see how instantly I knew that's what I wanted to do, so I did it. If it's something you want to do, you're going to prioritize it. You're going to make time. It's just like praying, just like reading your word. When you want to do these things, you're going to prioritize your time. You're going to fit it in. You're going to make sure you can do it. I didn't have, really didn't have time to do that, but because it's something I really wanted to do, I came in first, started that, did what I needed to do, and then then I, I, I was able to play the game afterward. But we we got to start prioritizing our time. If you really want to talk to God when you get up in the morning, make time. Wake up early. Well, I really don't want to wake up early. All right, wake up early enough. Go to bed earlier. I go to bed every night at 8, sometimes 8.30. Why? Because I know in the morning I get up at 10.30 to 11.30. I have to pray. I have to pray. I tell everyone that I have to pray. If I don't pray, I know I'm not connecting with him. I know something's going to be off because I didn't have my daily dosage of praying with him. And sure, I, I take three times a day I pray. I pray in the morning, pray in the afternoon if I can, and I pray that night. But I don't want to miss that morning prayer. So I wake up at 1030. I know everyone's asleep. My phone is not going to ring, ring. And I prioritize my time to live a blameless life. It tells us here. The first step is trusting God. The second step, let's go. Let me look at the bottom here. The second step is reading the word of God. Third steps, be separated. Fourth, will of God. We already talked about reading the word. But the first step, we must trust God. We must trust God with everything that's going on in our life. We, we have to stop thinking that we have so much control when we don't. We might have control because we have built our life around that. But really what we must do is render control to God. Just like Joshua. Joshua was a powerful man of God. He, he, he knew that what God can do. But he didn't take a step, another extra step by asking God, is these people okay to trust? He went with his own understanding, and I think because we get so caught up of what's going on that we lose focus that God is right there. He can direct us. And that's why some of us get swandled out of our money or we get bamboozled out of things that we really want and we give it to people because we don't take the time to ask God, God, give me discernment of what the situation needs to be. Show me what's going on in this situation. We, we sometimes get lost into our own knowledge. And like I said, like the Holy Spirit said in the, in the devotion, that we cannot lean on our own understanding. All our ways, we should acknowledge him. And he will direct our path. We should acknowledge him. That means 
Say, God, I need you. God, what is this situation telling me? God, what do you want me to learn out of this situation? Just take a few seconds on your breath if something happens. God, what do you want me to do? God, give me discernment. Holy Spirit, I'm waiting. And he will tell you just like that. But we must trust that he will do this. Another thing that we must look at is uh, be separated. I think we talked about this yesterday or the day before last about being separated. But to live a blameless life, we have to be separated from people that are trying to live a different way. Because if we continue to follow people that are living a way of the corrupt world or living the way of flesh, we're going to start participating in the things of the flesh. We will start looking at things in the flesh as, oh, it's okay. We will start compromising. And when we cannot compromise in living a blameless life, and some might say, oh, this is going to be hard to do. And it is. It is because it's going to be things that you're going to want to do, but you cannot do. In order to live a blameless life, we must trust God and ask God, is this what you want me to do? We must we must read our word and find out, okay, the live a blameless lifestyle, I must be separated from this, this, and this. I can't participate in this, this, and this. And the Bible will tell you exactly what you can and cannot do. If you don't know, contact someone that does. You can even message me. I will try to help you. You can message your local pastor. He will try to help you. But you must learn the word of God for yourself and learn what God wants you to do for yourself. Don't depend on other people to tell you what God is saying into your life. And that's the problem we run into also is that a lot of people want people pouring them, but you don't know what they're pouring. We don't know if this person study. We don't know if this person knows the word of God, but we just hear that this person knows so much. This person probably don't. Then again, they probably do. That's why you must also go back to referencing. You need a discernment of God to tell you whether this person is okay to pour into you. Even pray to God about Prophetess Lou. I, I need to pray to God about Prophetess Lou. I don't know about her. Pray. Pray on me. Ask God, is, is this a real woman of God? If, 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 if she is, please help me to understand what she's saying. Please help me to understand the devotional that you gave her to, to apply to my life. We must be careful what we listen to and what we have poured into us. Another thing is living in his will. We have, I've said this many times. When I was younger, if someone would have told me that I would have been right here teaching people, teaching over 2,000 people or more the word of God, I would have laughed because I'm like, no, <laughs> no way, no way. But when I gave my life to God, I told him, I want to teach the world. If you would let me teach the world and pour it to me and allow me to be a vessel of you, help me to teach the world. He does that. He pours into me every morning while I go to him. He pours into me and tells me what to teach his people. What we, what we have to understand is that God loves us. He wants the best for us. Whether we like it or not, it's always he's always going to give us his best. He's always going to show us what we need to do. But it's up to us to want to trust him. Two, read our words so we can hear from him. Three, separate our stuff, stuff from people that will cause us to have a, a deaf ear. And four, we must be living in his will. And the only way to do that is pray. And honestly, prayer should have been in a blameless life, but it's so much to living a blameless life that he showed me. So I'm hoping he lets me do another devotional about teaching a blameless life. So let's look at some um, Bible verses. Um, 
Let's look at Matthew 5 and 48. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 5 and 48. Okay, Matthew 5 and 48, it says, But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Matthew 5 and 48, NIV, You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. That might be. Well, yeah, that's the NIV. Okay, so it says here, But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. We must strive to be perfect. Now, he knows we're going to fall. He knows that we're going to have to recalculate our steps. He knows that sometime we're going to get uh, focused on other things. So we're going to lose our ground. But we must stay perfect for him. We must strive to be perfect. That must be something we do every day. No, we, we're not better than most people. We're not saying we are better than most people. But what we are saying is that I follow God. And that whatever he tells me I shouldn't do, I'm not going to do it. I have been told before that I, I have this mindset that I think I'm perfect and I don't. But I strive to be perfect because he, my father in heaven is perfect. And yes, prophets Lou do misstep. Yes, prophets Lou do do stuff wrong. If anyone tells you they don't, they are lying to you. But we must continue every day. Even if we fall, righteous man falls seven times, we must get up seven times. And be guided by the steps of the Lord. Okay. Let's look at James 1 and 4. James 1 and 4. James 1 and 4. It says, so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. NIV says, and let steadfast have this full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. It says, so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect. Sometime in life, friends, we will get to a point where we get tired. We get tired of pushing forward. We get tired of doing this. We get tired of doing that. But we must, it says here, that we must push we must grow for now your endurance is fully developed. You must push to continue in your endurance with God. You can't look at, if you're getting tired, you're getting tired of reading your word because it happens. You get tired of praying, it happens. But what we must do is say, Father, I'm getting tired of praying. I'm getting tired of reading my word. Please give me endurance to push through. Please give me endurance to grow in you. Please give me endurance to look past how tired I am, but to, to focus on you. Because our this is flesh. What we're living in is flesh. What I'm hitting now is my flesh. It gets weak. It gets tired. But when we do things in the endurance in in the in, we do things in endurance of God and we do things in, in in the focus of God, we can do anything. When we push in his strength, we can do anything. When we ask God to give us an endurance, and we're not using our own endurance, we're using his strength to push through the endurance, through, through the hard times, we can accomplish anything. But the, the verse says here, it says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, needing nothing. When you keep pushing forward and you don't stop, you will become 
perfect, needing nothing, lacking in nothing. Because when we push through, we are gaining and building a relationship with God. And that's every day. It's just like a regular relationship. When you just starting off, you meet a nice boy or girl. You, you talk to them every day. You, you spend time with them. That's the same thing with God. You must spend time with them. You might be tired. You might have worked a 12-hour shift. But that person can be like, well, I still want to see you. But what do you do? You push forward to go see them. You push forward to go on a date. Same thing with God. You must push forward. We have to learn to push forward. And we will grow. Okay, let's look at 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. Well, I think we ran out of time. Let me just read it off here. 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. This is our last reference verse. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness and completion in the fear of God. It tells us here to let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement. That's uh, watching corn. That's uh, toys that, that we shouldn't have. I'm not going to get into detail. I'll try to keep this podcast clean. It's uh, rolling up joints to, to, for, for peace that you, you can seek that with God. That's drinking obsessively to get rid of problems. We must cleanse ourselves from every defilement of the body and spirit. Bring holiness to completion for the fear of God. We should bring holiness to our life. If you have these things in your home, you need to remove it. Uh, you, you, Ouija boards, boards, horoscopes, uh, crystals, remove these things because this is a defilement of the body and spirit. We must be people that actually wants to have a clean house, a clean life, a clean room, a clean mind. Always pray for God to clean your hands, to clean your eyes, to clean your ears. Because you can be watching something in passing or just glancing at someone's phone and you and them are laughing at something. But that thing or whatever you're watching could defile your eyes and, and ears. It could cause you to have something that sets back in doormat. And then when you have a weak moment, here comes this picture. Here comes this image. You're like, I didn't think I was thinking of that. No, you wasn't. But the enemy brought it forward out of your mind. You see what I'm saying? The enemy is strategic. He's not going to flood you with everything that's wrong in your life. He's not going to make you, oh, I don't make you smoke. I don't make you drink. I don't make you do this. I don't make you do that. No, he's strategic. He's going to slowly bring in stuff. Slowly bring out this. Slowly bring out that. It's up to us to say, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do this. Satan, I rebuke you. Get behind me. We're running out of time. But to live a blameless life, you must stay connected to God. You can't do it on your own. Remember, Jesus loves you. I love you too. I hope you all have a blessed day. Thank you.